T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty. It's not your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this. That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. Go ahead. Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm your Huckleberry. The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. Conference Championship weekend and uh, Monday, it, it, a key piece to the San Francisco 49ers defense uh, was arrested on domestic, suspicion of domestic violence charges. Not great. Charles Amenahieu, um was booked, released uh, on bail, and it's pending charges now. Um, for an altercation, an argument that he got into with his uh, girlfriend. Um, the details say there were uh, the woman stated to police that it was his girlfriend, and Omenihu pushed her to the ground during an argument. While no visible physical injuries were observed, the woman complained of having arm pain, but did not um, receive medical treatment for it. He was Omenihu was booked, released. And now the waiting game uh, with what the NFL and the San Francisco 49ers are going to do has commenced. And um, much to the chagrin of folks all around uh, the football world and the sports world, uh, the NFL is is doing what they have done as part of their protocols, which is they're waiting for charges to be pressed. Mm -hmm. They are waiting for an investigation by authorities to be completed and then they will make a decision. But uh, Kyle Shanahan today said they're preparing as if uh, Amenhu is going to be playing. And now uh, you have reporters uh, that cover the team saying, "Look, from the sounds of it, the he's going to go." The bigger issue with Amenhu is not whether he'll be available mm-hmm. because of these allegations, which they could all be dropped and nothing ever comes of it. Um. But the bigger issue is he's got an oblique injury. That's how mm. that's how it's kind of being like how it's being viewed is that they're going to prepare as if he is playing because there is as of right now the legal ramifications are not the hurdle to overcome. Not yeah, that, that's not the issue right now. It's he is has an oblique injury, mm-hmm. but this all could change day by day, minute by minute, pending when the police finish an investigation, when the NFL 
decides that they can, they can act on it. Have you ever had an oblique injury? No. I haven't either. I know, hard to believe. Huh. I haven't checked that one off, but that one seems like it would suck a lot. Uh, yeah. Particularly as an interior defensive lineman. Well, yeah. A lot when... of twist, a lot of, lot of hand movement, a lot of hip movement and burst. That it is a big one. Uh, just, I mean, it is a big one there. Uh, of the list of things that you don't want to have happen, I feel like that's really high on the list. And either way, this is going to be a, a this is a big injury for the uh, 49ers because it, he is not a massive part of their base personnel. Um, but he is the he is the pass rusher that they bring in on the interior when they go nickel. And in passing situations, and how many times have we? And by nickel, that's when you bring in your fifth defensive back, and you bring in these pass rush specialists to come in. Uh, when you bring in the ward, warden ward uh, back there. When you bring in Jimmy Ward from the bench, because uh, was what's the other? Well, they have Jimmy Ward and um, Traverius Ward. Mm-hmm. Traverius is the corner. They bring in Jimmy off the bench. Is Nickel. He gets a lot of run. You see a lot of yes. one and seven. Ward and Ward are on the field a lot together, and that is when Aminahue is on the field as well as part of their nickel uh, personnel packages. And it, look, he's not Nick Bosa, but he is their second-best pass rusher they have graded out by Pro Football Focus this season. Which, when you consider that they Eric have Armstrong, other dudes on that team. Lucum, yeah. That's a pretty solid rating. So, oblique injury, domestic violence allegations against him. This could be big for the... Not a great week for him. Uh, n- uh, no. N- no, 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 not at all. But this is a... This is a... This could be a big swing for the uh, NFC Championship game because, look, if you can open up the middle a little bit... That's a heck of a lot better, especially when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. That interior pressure, when you're stepping up in the pocket in the way that he likes to hit the seams as often as he does, mm-hmm. uh, which I think I, I read a stat. I think I saw Next Gen Stats tweeted out that he has thrown to the seam 43.8% of the time. The uh, man likes to step up and throw the seam. He, huh? he, it's a, he's way up from where he was before. <laughs> And you slide up in the pocket, boom! You need to have that pressure there, and so this could be a big swing in the NFC Championship game, uh, pending his availability. Interestingly enough, not that I would have, have wagered anything this early in the week, the line hasn't moved on the money line. Mm. It is still Eagles minus one forty-five, still Forty ers plus one twenty-five. So his status in or out, yeah, he's not going to make a big not, difference in that. Yeah, in, in the money line, betting wise, no. But he hasn't adjusted. They haven't adjusted at all, and the spread has not. Nothing has adjusted. The spread hasn't changed either. Yeah. yeah. So well, it, yeah, defensive lineman that comes in at nickel is not going to do that. I'm just saying, in, in general, when you're, when you're trying to frame like how yeah. big of a deal this could or couldn't be, I still am I'm a little bit surprised that the line is still only two and a half. That feels closer than it should be. Really? In which well, way? I think two and a half is a really good number. Well. Historically, three has been the number for home teams. Yep. So they're saying that this this is less than a standard. They're saying on a neutral field, the 49ers would win. Well, it's because of how good their defense is. I mean, their defense is, you have one. San Francisco is number one in the NFL. Philly's number two. Uh, but it is, look at styles make fights, right? And w- as good as Philly is... Um, against the pass and with that pass rush that is 70 sacks, 
they're not as good against the run. I mean, they they rank, you know, number two overall in defense. But if you look at their rush defense, they're middle of the pack in the NFL. And what does San Francisco want to do? They, they, want, want you up. they want to chew you up and spit you out and make things easier for Brock Purdy. And if Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk can get that run game going, that opens up so much more for them. And I think that's where you know the styles making fights is mm-hmm. where this one comes into play. Because, look, Philly's offense and the fact that they're kind of just flying under the radar right now heading into this, they absolutely demolished the New York Giants. Yes. You want to talk about chewing up a team and spitting them out. What was it, 244 yards? No, 74. I think, yeah, it was over 260. Yeah. They just absolutely ground them to a pulp. No. With, a, with a running back who is their backup running back, and he only had like 200 yards all season long, or 300 and something yards all season long, and he went for over a hundo. And by, by the way, Miles Sanders went for 90. Yeah, that's right. Kenneth Gainwell... Miles Sanders, you have a tight end in Dallas Goddard. You have a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who can run the football. You have a deep threat in Devontae Smith. You you have your possession receiver in A.J. Brown. You have got one of the best centers to ever play the game Mm -hmm. in Jason Kelsey with a right tackle in Lane Johnson, who I don't know how he's doing it, but he is sitting there with a a doctor injury where – the dude is limping back to the huddle every play. And whooping everybody's ass on, on, on every snap. But when the snap happens, all he's doing is just kick-stepping and going <laughs> and handling whether it Still hasn't allowed a sack in like a thousand snaps. Every single imaginable pass rush, he's hit, he's gotten it, and he finds a way to get it done. I don't know, I don't know how he is doing it, but he is finding a way to be great. This uh, The Philly offense isn't going to be the, the question here on that, that, that half point that you're talking about. It is the style of, of San Francisco's offense and how it matches up to the defense of uh, the Philadelphia Look, Eagles. I don't have billions and trillions of dollars in a desert casino um, because I'm clearly not as smart as the yeah. people that do, but I don't think this game is going to be close. You I don't. really don't. And I, I, I don't mean that as a, like, I think the 49ers suck. I just think the Eagles are playing such good football right now. They're dominant, man. The, as much as the, the AFC has been the better conference this year, by a substantial margin, the Eagles might be playing the best football of anybody right now. Yeah. And really have been for weeks. They, With the exception of Jalen Hurts going down, they just look like a, they look like a machine. There's nothing about them. You're like, well, I don't, mm, if I squint, well, no, there's no weakness in what they do. Offensively or de- defensively, Either. it is the run. It is the run game, and then. But we're talking about weakness, and then ta- ta- Well, they're middle of the pack, going up against one of the best running attacks in, in all of football. Here's the thing, though. That, that to me, that to me is where you sit there and you go, "Whoa, okay." But to to your point, what did New York do better better than almost anybody in in football? They ran the ball. But you have more weapons that you have to game plan for. San Francisco is not one dimensional. No, they're not. By any stretch of the imagination. Nope. And I, I I heard a quote from their defensive coordinator today in Philly said, tackling. It, this game will be won and lost whether or not we can tackle. McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk in the open field, Kittle in the open field. That is, that is a, a, a not only a fair point, a very good point because none of those guys are guys that go down. They, they're All of them break tackles. Yep. All of them break tackles. And if it's going to be a close game, 
it's because those guys do break tackles and break mm-hmm. the big plays. Because I don't think I don't see Philly as a team because they're so well coached, because they're so good in the back end, on the front end. Like we we aren't even talking about Philly secondary at all. Philly secondary is god tier. Yeah, they're really. They're, good. It's unbelievable. They're unbelievable. So good. With uh, with Gardner Johnson and Slay. you've got Darius Slay back there. They're really stinking good, and they they do not have their holes are not big. Every or if you even want to call them holes, but also look on the flip side of it and and look at the team that they're going against too. In that, where where are the big holes for the San Francisco 49ers uh, in their team? Because they do they may not be god tier in the secondary, but they have kind of plugged every single hole. Diamador Lenore is going to have to have a that huge is day. that is the hole right there in the 49ers defense. As good as they are in that front seven, if you're going to attack, it is on the back end. I will. I, I'm really interested to see what it's like for Brock Purdy in this game. Purdy is eight and zero, and he's been fantastic. His games that in where he has played so far, though, are are the ones that I'm, I kind of have just like a little bit of a question mark, because in his starts, he's played in Santa Clara, Santa Clara. Seattle against the Seahawks, which that is a hostile place. Um, but, I mean, Seattle and a 500 Seahawks team is a lot different than a playoff atmosphere. And, then and they're he not has, traveling. Back in Santa Clara, he went to Las Vegas and played the Raiders. Which Indoor. They were, well, in dump it mode, and mm-hmm. that's basically a neutral site game these days. Yeah. Then Santa Clara, Santa Clara, <laughs> Santa Clara. He's got to go to Philly. One and of the hardest places to play. It, that is going to be a different animal. Uh, this will be, this is the atmosphere of Lincoln Financial Field and how Brock Purdy reacts to that. That's like the final boss in, in this video game. You get how good he is in, in the defense being the boss of, of this Eagles team, but then you have the crowd into it as well this is a different animal this is different than anything that Brock Purdy has seen in college or the NFL because in college he's played in big games he's played you know in massive stadiums but Philly with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line in the elements with all those drunk old South Philly bros throwing batteries at Santa Claus I mean this is the same fan base and they haven't changed in those 40 years they got a lot of hate in their heart in Philly I'm fascinated to see how Brock Purdy reacts to that. Yeah, it's gonna be. Interesting. I'm with you. That uh, I uh, Philly is they're on top of you. They are, and the Eagles are are the biggest test he has seen yet, without a yet. doubt. Yeah, without a doubt, it's not even particularly. No, close. well, you, I mean, you rattle everything off without. That was the one thing is going into the playoffs. We started we we cause I talked about like yeah, Purdy's been really good, and then I was like, and their defense has been incredible. The scoring and. Yes, they, they the only team that scored on them was the Raiders. Mm-hmm. But then you start looking at that and you go, they really didn't play. They played the Cardinals twice. They played the Raiders. They didn't play anybody down the stretch. And I'm not, you can only play who's in front of you. That's why I don't take it away from them. And they mauled all of those teams except for the Raiders. I'm excited for this one. We got a lot more that we're going to break down in this game and a whole lot more. This is Danny Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And Dusty on the fan. We get it almost every night. And when that moon gets a All right, coming up in uh, eight minutes from now, we'll have uh, Ryan Horvath on our BetQL Network Insider, host of BetMGM Time. So if you want uh, gambling advice, stay tuned. Um, We've got a golf tournament going on in Dubai. It's not just the farmers. Going on in old uh, Tory Pines, mm-hmm. which starts today. And how about the awareness of the PGA Tour? They know nobody will watch this event if it is uh, on Sunday. Mm. So they're going Wednesday to Saturday. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's good. They know anybody's watching NFL. They're not going to watch it. So they move it Wednesday to Saturday. Um, but the the Dubai event, that is the one that's catching um, all the storylines because – Patrick Reed, because it is not a PGA Tour event, I think it's the Asian Tour, um, they, uh, the live guys, they get to play in those events. So Patrick Reed is over there, but Rory McIlroy is in there. So this is where we get our crossovers. And we have a hilarious golf beef that is is happening here because yesterday like it, the tweet came out that <gasps> Patrick Reed throws... Uh, golf tee at Rory McIlroy after he gave him the cold shoulder on the driving range. And I was like, oh, that's a little salty. Let's go. Have you seen the video? I'm watching it right now. It's great. It is the softest little thing ever because he just like, like Rory doesn't even acknowledge him uh, as he's, as Patrick Reed's talking to his caddy. And uh, it, like Reed tries to say hi. And as Reed is walking away, he just kind of flicks a tee at him. We now have the backstory of this ridiculously overblown story, and it once again is making Patrick Reed look like a fool. <laughs> I mean, Here's, is it though? Y- yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, Patrick Reed doesn't does. like. I guess the bar for looking dumb for him is so much yeah. lower. Yeah, because it's he's always into it. Now, Patrick Reed said that he came over to wish them both a happy new year and say hello, and he was talking to uh, Rory's caddy. And he tried to say hello to Rory, but Rory was messing with his track, man. And so as like a, a joke, he took one of his tees, which is his team aces, which is his uh, live tour team. His team aces branded the golf tee and flicked it at him as like a joke. And Rory said he didn't even know what happened. But he, Rory said he was definitely ignoring everything that Patrick Reed is saying, and for good reason. Patrick Reed has the awareness level zero. 
in this world. Oh, 100%. Because Rory McIlroy rightfully did not want anything to do with Patrick Reed because Rory said, when asked about it at his press conference today, he goes, no, why would I talk to him? On Christmas Eve, I was subpoenaed by his lawyer in a lost defamation lawsuit. Patrick Reed is actively suing Rory McIlroy and was served a subpoena on Christmas Eve while Rory was with his family. He's like, no, I want nothing to do with the guy. Like, why? Why would I want to talk to him? He's suing me. Why does he want to even talk to me? Listen, there are people in my life that I don't talk to that haven't sued me. That have just crossed me in a way where I just, I don't vibe with you. If you sued me and you came up to me, I give you a reason for another lawsuit. Me not knocking your skull in would be like the lowest level of acceptance because here's the difference between Roy and I. If I saw Reed coming within 100 feet of me like that and was like making eye contact with me, I would make it, I would, I would go as far as like marking my territory in front of him. Yeah. Like, do not come over here. Yeah. And so you serve me a subpoena on Christmas Eve. (laughs) I might go piss on your golf bag. And Rory was very adult about it, which is he just didn't acknowledge him was like, dude, get out of here. Yeah. And I just sat there and I was like, now Patrick Reed, and this is straight out of Patrick Reed's playbook, playing the victim here. Yeah. Uh, just that's, like, that's the dumb part of this. Just like he always does in every one of these situations where he's firing his caddies or he's cheating on the tour or he's stealing his teammates' wallets when he was in college on the college golf team or not even, like, his own, his own family doesn't even like him and they weren't even allowed to go to Augusta. Um, like, this, Patrick Reed, not a good, not a good dude. Right? Can we agree? Go go around? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're in agreement here. Yes. We're in agreement here. And the lack of awareness is just amazing that he's just like, yep, I'm, this is the one I'm going to be able to pull over. It's like, no, man. No. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and Rory McIlroy isn't like the most lovable person ever, but he's totally in the right on this one. <laughs> There's a quote here in this ESPN article from Patrick Reed that shows exactly his lack of awareness. He says, funny how a small little flick has turned into basically me stabbing him and throwing a tee at him. He says he saw me, decided not to react. It's unfortunate because we've always had a good relationship, but it's one of those things. If you're going to act like an immature little child, then you might as well be treated yeah. like one. Oh, sorry. Uh, he's suing Bryson or uh, Brandel Chambly, but he did uh, Rory was subpoenaed Co- on Christmas Eve? Was he like named as like a co-defendant? Uh, I don't know. That is in another lawsuit that's happening. Oh, okay, my bad. With the PGA Tour. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. So, uh, regardless, you're serving subpoenas on Christmas Eve, and he is being dragged into this. Why in the world would you want to be a piece of? That? And also out out of this. So is the answer for. Patrick Reed, when his children are acting up, is to throw golf tees at them? Apparently. (laughs) I love this. Unbelievable. Golf. Way to go, golf. Way to go. Uh, Golf, where a rivalry strikes out from lawsuits and tee flinging. I just love how people are like, fight on the range. No, it wasn't. And it's even more ridiculous than we thought it was. Like, it's clearly like real golf people have never golfed like. Like the, what I call real golf people, the people who are like <gasps> up in arms about this, as opposed to like, have you ever seen a fight like an actual golf range? Like yeah. that's that's normal. I have not seen a fight at a 
golf range. Well, you, you, don't go to, range. you don't go to the right munis. I need, apparently, I need to change it up a little bit. I have a little bit more you, uh, you, violence you, in my You need to take the class out of the joint. All right, let's do it. My brother and I got, my brother and I got kicked out of Progress Downs once for uh, swinging our drivers at each other. I'm babe. How they, old? They, they still had the, the, Wait, the, hold, the hold head on. covers on. But, How old? Oh, God. Junior high? Okay. Yeah, but also, sense. you should have known because you said Progress and not Red Tail. <laughs> Back in the Dizay. Humble. Oh, man. All right. Uh, let's to- get to Ryan Horvath. Betting angle. What? I say totally underrated. Have you seen that golf course in Dubai? It no. is rad. It must cost a bajillion dollars to keep mm-hmm. something that green in the middle of the desert. It is Dubai. All right. Uh, 503-250-1080. Uh, if you have any betting questions, Ryan Horvath join- joins us after Rust with SportsCenter. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. All right, uh, let's get the betting insight. On Championship Weekend, on the line now is the host of BetMGM Tonight and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Ryan Horvath. Insider Calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest on the BetMGM app. Also, make sure you listen to BetMGM Tonight on the podcast with Ryan Horvath and more of his analysis, just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcast. Horvat, what's up, my dude? How you doing? Doing good, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward, obviously, to the weekend. Plus, uh, this is when college basketball really starts to pick up. we got some good matchups coming up this weekend. Going to miss football, but at least we have college hoops. We have the NBA, depending what market you're in, if you like your NBA team or not, that is. Okay. Before we get to <laughs> this conference championship weekend, like college hoops is uh, – that is, there's a lot of money that could be made on college hoops. and But the Pac-12 is kind of a, a mess right now. So regionally, yeah. like we are, I mean, you never know on any given night what's going to happen out here in the Pac-12. What teams have the best value in college hoops night in, night out uh, that, that you like to bet and that, that are covering machines for you? Yeah, great question, especially with the Pac-12 because everything this season's kind of been up and down. You know, yeah. one of my favorite bets last weekend was Arizona. I thought that that was a good spot, but I like UCLA the best in the conference. I'm a big fan of Mick Cronin. Those teams always really defend well. They got a couple kids, obviously, you know, Tiger Campbell, uh, that have made these runs the last couple of years. So I really like their program. I like Arizona. I had higher expectations for Oregon this season. Uh, coming into the year, they burned me a couple times. That's a team I've actually stayed away from the last couple weeks. You know, I like these small market teams, or small market teams. I like these, like, mid-major type schools, though, that nobody talks about. This year, my number one moneymaker, not that they're really a small school, but nobody's talked about them the last couple of years, in the Big East is Marquette. So Shaka Smart takes over last year. He's really did a, done a great job with the program, which was kind of a mess. A couple of years ago, they hired Steve Wojciechowski from Duke. Never won one tournament game, but they've been a covering machine. They've been winning some of these games outright. And I think they might, I think they could win a game or two in the NCAA tournament. So I really like Marquette in the Big East. Uh, as far as tonight, 
I also usually bet really ugly underdogs. Like, I have this tendency for some reason to fade <laughs> Purdue, even though they have the best player in the nation, Zach Eady. He's just so boring to watch. He's seven foot four. They don't know how to officiate this kid. So he never gets any any fouls called against him, and he gets every single whistle because they, again they don't know how to officiate him, and you have all these six foot six, six foot seven kids like jumping on his back. So uh, you know I like ugly underdogs, but I really like Marquette this season. Okay, is it just me or is college basketball in the weirdest spot, both as as a observer and as a as a better than in maybe a decade? Yeah. It really is, you know, because growing up, you you could kind of make the case for like five or six different teams to win it all. Mm-hmm. Now you can make the case for like thirty to thirty-two teams. Some of these teams yeah. that aren't even nationally ranked make these runs to the Final Four, like a Loyola Chicago, and it's all just about coaching. And like when I first actually, uh, you know, like got into the business, I guess I was covering college basketball, and my job was at uh, Northwestern, and Chris Collins had just taken over the job. And he kind of predicted this, and it was like six, seven years ago, I believe, and he was like, you know what, in the next couple of years, it's not going to be just the Dukes, the Kansases, the Yukons. It's going to be these smaller schools because they're able to recruit, A, they get these great coaches that nobody knows about, you know, like uh, like Holloway last year, obviously, for mm-hmm. St. Peter's. It's now at Seton Hall. Seton Hall. But, um, you, you know, like they get the four-year players, whereas Kentucky, every year they get the best players, but they're one and done and they get bounced out of the tournament, and then the next year they have to rebuild, where some of these smaller schools, they have four or five-year players, and those are the teams that are making these deep tournament runs. So it's crazy. You see a team like Houston, number one in the nation, at one point this season, coached by Kelvin Sampson. So it is. It's like a lot different. And also, it's, it's, it's kind of like really hard to gamble on nowadays because back in the day, home court advantage, stuff like that mattered because the home team got every single whistle. Now with all these games being nationally televised, like you can watch every single game. If you want to watch Holy Cross tonight, you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Back in the day, you didn't have that option. You could just watch Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky. Now, like home teams don't get all the whistles. So it's tougher than ever to bet, I feel. And it's just kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot different than when we were watching college basketball growing up. All right, let's get to what the people want. Let's get to the people, what the people oh, want yeah. right now. It's conference championship weekend. This is awesome. And this is really where, you know, people start getting interested in the betting side of things of, of more of the prop bets for the casual betters that are out there. And you can get kind of get more into the nitty gritty. But um, I want to start with the AFC championship game. And just on the surface here, um, the line is, I mean, it's fluctuating by the minute based on whether or not the camera catches Patrick Mahomes at a good angle walking off of the podium or not. How do you see the conference at the AFC championship game when the most important position in all of sports with the best quarterback in, in the game right now is hampered with a high ankle sprain. And we don't know what Patrick Mahomes we're going to get on set on Sunday. Yeah. You really have to be careful too, uh, because a lot of people get a hold of bad information. We saw this a couple of weeks ago where we had some line movement in a Miami game because it looked like Tua was going to be able to come back. He didn't end up coming back. It didn't matter. They ended up covering the number against the bills, but still you have to be careful because the other day, man, Cincinnati went up to be a two and a half point favorite, which really surprised me because if you're going to give me Patrick Mahomes, even on one leg, two and a half, three points at Arrowhead, probably going to take it. He's just, I, I know that the chiefs don't cover these big numbers, I like this spot, actually, for them. The problem is a high ankle sprain is a brutal injury. You'd almost rather just break the thing, and that's going to probably bother him for, like, the next two months. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to be healthy. We already know that. What's going to happen is all week at practice, he's probably not really going to practice because you could barely get out of bed. They'll probably shoot him up, 
you know, today, tomorrow, just to get a couple looks in. And then he'll be obviously shot up with some Toradol probably before the game. And I don't know. I, I hate how we're making this a legacy game for Patrick Mahomes. You saw that on social media all week. It's like, hey, if he loses to Joe Burrow, how do you make the case that he's a better quarterback than Joe Burrow? Well, Joe Burrow, even though he has a beat-up offensive line, they're missing three starters, he has both of his legs. Patrick Mahomes is going to play this game on one leg. Again, I think the leg, it's going to be, the ankle is going to be a, a huge issue. But at the same time, I still think they're going to be able to move the ball, and I still think they're going to be able to put points on the board because Patrick Mahomes, this isn't Patrick Mahomes from four years ago where he was just looking for the deep shot to Tyreek down the field. Now they work everything kind of underneath. Yep. They're using the two tight end uh, sets. Travis Kelsey had 14 catches in the last game. I still think he's going to be able to get his. Juju Smith-Schuster is probably going to have to step up and make some plays. And the other thing, Andy Reid, this is what cost him when he was in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb. He gets way too pass-happy. Isaiah Pacheco was averaging like six yards per carry. Give him the ball. Let Jarek McKinnon get six, seven touches in this game. Because I think Kansas City will be able to run the ball on Cincinnati. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. What I'm going to do is probably wait to live bet this game. Maybe Mahomes comes out a little shaky. Maybe they go down 7-3, to 14-3, and we could get the Chiefs like plus 350 on the money line. I just all week the talks about the legacy game for Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to find a way to somehow beat the Bengals, beat Joe Burrow, who is playing behind a beat-up offensive line. And, uh, I mean, it's what we've been doing like the last two years with Mahomes. I feel like we just get so bored. You know, you know when they mm-hmm. traded away Tyreek Hill, I had people coming on our show telling us that a good bet to make was the Kansas City Chiefs to miss the playoffs. <laughs> I looked at it the other way. I said, now's the time to buy low on Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to bet against this guy. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. So, I like getting points with him at home. As good as Cincinnati looks, I know they're the best team against the spread. I don't know how he's going to do it because he's going to be on one leg. But a couple of years ago, I saw Aaron Rodgers beat the Bears on Monday Night Football with a broken leg. So if anybody could do it, Mahomes can do it. I like the Chiefs. Well, uh, I'm I'm sorry to inform you, though, that the uh, the Bears ain't going to be out there on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Let me, let me defend you. I knew you were going to go there. Let me defend that last comment. That was not this year's yeah. Bears. This was, that was the Bears the first year that they went out there and acquired Khalil Mack. So they were a top-10 defense. Uh, they were a playoff year. team. Playoff <laughs> team that year. Yeah, different Bears. <laughs> Keep it on playoff teams. Talk me off my recency bias with the Eagles. I, I, uh, I, I know how good the 49ers are. I get it. I, I that defense is tremendous. The weapons they have are amazing. I look at the Eagles and they just look like a machine. That there's just I feel like this game is going to be a blowout. And I know that's an insane thing to say, but there is just something about this Eagles team and how they are playing, how efficient they are, what they're doing, how I don't know, just well everything runs that it doesn't feel like there's any real questions about them. It either reinforces everything they're thinking or it scares the crap out of me. I don't know which one. Maybe both. But I feel like that that two and a half points, it should be at least double that. Yeah, no, I can't talk you off of that because I'm on the same side. I played the (laughs) Eagles immediately. I like them anything under three. When we get to three, maybe I like San Francisco. I. I'm with you though. I think I don't think I don't know. I don't think either of these games, these championship games, I don't think either of them are going to be blowouts. But if one of them does get out of hand, I think it would probably be this one because of what you said. There's really no way to defend against what the Eagles do. If you if you stack the box, Jalen's going to beat you with his arm, and that was my big concern because Week 18 we hadn't seen him in two weeks, and in the Week 18 game, which they had to win to get the number one seed in the NFC, there were no quarterback design runs. And also, he wasn't pushing the ball down the field. Only like four yards, ten down, ten yards, uh, four throws, ten yards down the field. 
But we thought, you know, it, they didn't really have to do a whole lot or show a whole lot against the Giants. The Giants were just clearly outmatched in that game. But you can't stop the run against them because they have Miles Sanders, they have Jalen, they have Boston Scott. They have three different backs who could go for 75 yards in this game. And then they have Jalen Hurts, the best running quarterback in the league. And I know San Francisco's been a fun story for Brock Purdy. But my favorite bet this weekend, you guys, I'm, I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. I, there's one prop that I love. The problem is it's juice now, minus 140, which I really don't care about. Brock Purdy is going to throw an interception in this <laughs> It's game. finally going to happen. Guys, I was so sick of TCU all season long and that stupid toad. Brock Purdy, to me, has become that toad. He's a fun story. <laughs> but we're going to get into what's going to happen is Mahomes or uh, Burrow is going to be eliminated. And if Brock Purdy somehow wins this game, we're going to hear about how Brock Purdy is playing in the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow's not or Patrick Mahomes is not because we treat, like, for some reason, football like it's the NBA, you know, like mm-hmm. all LeBron jokes again. I think Brock Purdy's thrown an interception. He should have thrown three against Dallas. They dropped all three of them. He almost made so many mistakes in that game. They got lucky. San Francisco's defense is great. They have linebackers that could cover. Fred Warner's the best inside linebacker in the league. Nick Bosa's going to be the defensive player of the year. That pass rush is insane. But I don't know if they're going to be able to stop the Eagles. And I do think that this Eagles defense is going to get after Purdy, make him uncomfortable. I think he throws an interception or two in this game. I think they'll be able to contain Christian McCaffrey a little bit. And they just have to pick who are they shutting down, Debo or Brandon Ayuk. Somebody's probably going to go for eight catches, 100 yards. But I still like the Eagles in this game. I think Nick Sirianni's coach of the year, and I think they win this game. So I'm with you. All right, uh, we're on the line with Ryan Horvat, host of BetMGM tonight, our BetQL Network betting insider. All right, we got a text here from one of our listeners, uh, and he's got Super Bowl championship lines. Uh, you like Philly, you like Kansas City, but this is like where the fun part, and you can kind of get some value before the Super Bowl even happens in conference championship weekend. Which one do you like then to win the Super Bowl if you got Philly at plus 240 and KC at plus 280? So I like KC plus 280. And I like the Eagles-Kansas City matchup because I had a dream about this the other night. I was talking about this on the air. We're going to get the Kelsey Bowl. I just know that it's going to be the media coverage all week long. His mom will be at the game. She'll have the split jersey. She won't know who to root for. But we know that the the media loves a good narrative. So I think that we're going to get the Kelsey Bowl. I like the Chiefs at plus 280, but I actually have a better, uh, better bet. If I like the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, they're going to win the Super Bowl because of Patrick Mahomes especially if he's playing with a high ankle sprain and he's playing on one leg, uh, he's going to win Super Bowl MVP. So right now he's plus 350 to win Super Bowl MVP. So if you like the Chiefs and you want to attack that market, play Mahomes. And if you like the Eagles, just play Jalen Hurts because he's also 3-1. to one. You're getting a better price on those guys to win Super Bowl MVP than their teams to win the Super Bowl. And I know every once in a while we'll see a defensive player win it or a skill position player win it. I just think this year, especially if it comes down to those two teams, it's going to come down to the quarterbacks making plays at the end of the game. I do like the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to stick with that pick. So if they do, I'd rather play Mahomes plus 350 and get a better price. But it's the Chiefs right now for me, The man, even with an injured quarterback. (laughs) The man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Horvat. Thanks for the time, man. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks, guys. Also, Portland, tonight, Blazers, minus three and a half. That's my lock of the week. The Blazers are going to win this game by six tonight, I promise. Let's We're going to get back on track tonight. We're Full degeneracy. Love it. Oh, there he <laughs> is, care. Ryan Horvat, uh, the host <laughs> of BetMGM tonight. He is our BetQL Network betting insider. Uh, if you want more of Ryan's analysis, go check out the BetMGM app uh, wherever 
you get your apps on your phone. I haven't touched a Blazers bet in three weeks. It's smart man. I will. I refuse to touch those. Any props, uh, straight up spreads. I think I think they're one of the worst against the spread this year. Last I looked. Yeah, we'll fade the. Blazers. Well, I should say they started out great. They have been tremendously bad for the last month. All I right. think I've seen the Mavericks are the worst. Yeah. Four thousand miles, and all you got was some load management. Danny and Dusty on the fan. When I wake up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hurts my eyes. It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. That sucks. Then I look at you, and the world's alright with me. Okay. Our worst day on the web, we head down to Miami, where Miami Heat superfan Felipe traveled 4,405 miles. From Argentina. To Miami. Which, that's a long way. That's a long flight, man. Um, that is so long. <laughs> but. The entire length of uh, Latin America. This is a uh, trip a trip that he'd been waiting for in his family. He is a massive Heat fan, and even more so than that, he's a Jimmy Butler fan. He likes Jimothy Butler. Yep, he flew 4,400 miles to check out one Jimmy Big Face Butler, and he is there pregame with his sister Zoe, and he has got a sign, hey, I am here, I flew 4,400 miles to see my guy, Jimmy Butler. And he's waving it proudly. And I've seen these at Blazers games. These are super mm-hmm. cool. A yeah. lot of times, uh, we a lot of a lot of Blazers fans are, are from the uh from Japan. And so you'll see I came all the way from Japan to see player X, Y, or Z. And okay. it's super cool. And you 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 see those and you see the players go over to them and they they take all their pictures and all that kind of stuff and it's a great night. Mm-hmm. Well this young man is sitting there and he's got his little sign and the usher comes down and tells him and his sister, Jimmy Butler is out for the night. And the devastation that pours down his face is captured by TNT on NBA on TNT. Poor young Felipe. In uh, the casualness in, with which the uh, usher comes up and is like, "Yeah, by the way, he's not playing." Yeah, no, he does not. It's not a hand on the shoulder. Hey, mm-hmm. bud, I know you came this whole way. It's a, hey, sorry about your luck, pal. Yeah. All right, there, bud. Now move it on. <laughs> Keep moving. Uh, load management crushing the hopes and dreams of young Felipe, but to the Miami Heat's credit, oh they they scrambled to Jimmy Butler's credit, <laughs> they made it worthwhile. And I'm wondering if this was not just the, the Miami Heat, because you mentioned it, it was on TNT, they played it. The moment that he was like, uh-oh. Oh, it went viral game. immediately. I guarantee you the president of the business operations side of that, it got to them immediately, and they got going. The NBA placed a call and said, you need to make this right. Because this is the doomsday scenario mm-hmm. that everybody talks about with load management. This is it. This is 
4,500 miles that this family is traveling from Argentina to Miami. A lifetime trip. Just to watch Jimmy Butler for young Felipe, which I, I don't know what Felipe did to earn this, but kudos to this kid. He gets this opportunity. He gets his trip, and Jimmy Butler's not there. That is like the worst PR that the NBA could have. And the NBA just cracked 75 million followers on Instagram. They are the most socially prevalent uh, brand in sports. It's not close. But they made right by it. They came down at halftime. They brought they him down on the pictures. floor. They had pictures with players not yep. named Jimmy Butler. <laughs> um, and then gave him like a signed team ball. They gave him all the swag jersey, he could have. A, some a big signed, face coffee cups. A, a signed uh, Jimmy Butler jersey was given to him. But then there's like, it was like the price is right. But wait, there's more. He got a brand new No, he did yeah. not get a brand new car, but he did get to go and get like a tour of the facility. With Jimmy Butler today. Jimmy, listen, Jimmy found out about this, and I, Jimmy made it right. So as of this morning, uh, Felipe and his sister Zoe and a few other family members that I guess were there uh, spent the morning with Jimmy at uh, at the still FTX Arena. Uh, I think uh, is it, is it, is it, I know it's been a renamed. Has it been officially christened? Oh, I think it's arena? like Miami Dade Arena. Yeah, I don't know if it had, it had actually taken place yet because yeah. contractually all that stuff. What's funny is because if you look at the uh, the guy that, who tells Ponzi the kid, Marina, yes, Ponzi Ski, the uh, the usher that tells the kid has an FTX jer- uh, like shirt on. Oh, well, I, he probably worked for him, and now he this is like the only paying gig that he can get. Oh, babe. But this went from the worst day on the web, and because it was the the Miami oh, Heat man. and the NBA were looking real bad. Golf clap, but yeah, a little, little golf clap for uh, it do, at least doing the most with what you could in that situation. Because they scramble because all of the stuff, game ops and all that kind of stuff, yeah. it's all scripted. Like yeah. they've oh, got yeah. this whole listen. Todd Bosma, who's maybe the best in the NBA at it, I was giving him hell the other day because he was in the break room. And he had the game notes, which is a very thick file. And then he had his game ops notes for just that night. Everything that's laid out that happens in between every timeout, all the events. It looked like a hotel Bible. Yeah. And so for the, the heat to be like, scratch, nope, pack all this up. We're going to make this halftime about this kid. We need to do everything we can to right this wrong. Well done, Heat, for, for writing a wrong that was very preventable. Well, maybe the Ying Yang twins canceled. And they had an opening. Hum, babe. They're busy in Sacramento, man. All right. Uh, Todd Bosma was the All-Star Game uh, MC one year. I believe he is this year. He is again I'm this almo- year? I'm almost, he, he's been it multiple times. Well. He's the NBA guy. Well, um, it, All-Star Weekend is going to have a new twist. We'll have that in our number three. We will talk a little Blazers, Jazz. And if you missed our conversation earlier and you have some hot takes you want to spew off on the fan text line, 503-250-1080, we discussed earlier, are the Blazers the most mid-franchise in the NBA? Uh, You can give us your thoughts. But where we got to start, our number three, some slam dunks and then some big debates. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 